chapter 17 breathing and exchange of gases as you have read earlier oxygen is utilized by the organism to indirectly break down nutrient molecules like glucose and to drive energy for performing various activities carbon dioxide which is harmful to breathe during the above catabolic reaction it is therefore evident that oxygen has to continuously provide it to the cells and CO2 produced by the cells have to be released out. This process of exchange of O2 from the atmosphere with CO2 produced by the cells is called breathing, commonly known as respiration. Place your hands on your chest. You can feel that your chest is moving upward and downward. You know that it is due to breathing. How do we breathe? The respiratory organs and the mechanism of breathing are described in the following sections of the chapter. Respiratory organs. Mechanism of breathing vary among different groups of animals depending mainly on their habitats and levels of organization. Lower invertebrates like sponges, seal and treasure, flatworm, etc. exchange O2 with CO2 by simple diffusion over their entire body surface. Earthworm use their moist cuticle and insects have a network of tubes, tracheal tubes, to transport atmospheric air within the body. Special vascularized structures called gills are used by most of the aquatic arthropods and mollusks whereas vascularized bag called lungs are used by terrestrial form for exchange of gases among vertebrates fishes use gills whereas reptiles birds and mammals respire through lungs amphibians like frogs can respire through their moist skin also mammals have developed mammals have a well developed respiratory system human respiratory system we have a pair of an external nostrils opening above the upper lips it leads to a nasal chamber through the nasal passage in the nasal chambers open into the pharynx a portion that pharynx is a portion of which is the common passage for food and air the pharynx open through the larynx region into the trachea larynx is cartilaginous box which helps in sound production and hence is called sound box so pharynx is food and water wala uh, pipe uh, portion and this larynx is a cartilaginous box which helps in sound production therefore it is called a sound box during sala uh, swallowing glottis can be convert, covered by a thin elastic cartilaginous flap it is called epiglottis which basically we have studied in the last chapter digestion and absorption that it helps in the prevention of uh, this food and water to get into the windpipe to prevent the entry of food into the larynx trachea is a straight tube extending up to the mid thoracic cavity which divides at the level of 5th 
thoracic vertebra into a right and left primary bronchi. Each bronchi undergoes repeated divisions to form the secondary and tertiary bronchi and bronchioles ending up in very thin terminal bronchioles. The trachea, primary, secondary and tertiary bronchi and initial bronchioles are supported by incomplete cartilaginous rings. Each terminal bronchiole gives rise to number of very thin irregular wall and vascular, vascular vascularized bag-like structure called alveoli. The branchic network of bronchi, bronchioles and alveoli compri comprise the lungs. We have two lungs which are covered by a double-layered pleura with pleural fluid between them. It reduces friction on the lung surface. The outer pleural membrane is in close contact with the thoracic lining whereas the inner pleural membrane is in contact with the lung surface. The part starting with the external nostrils up to the terminal bronchioles constitute the conducting part whereas the alveoli their ducts from the respiratory or exchange part of the respiratory system. The conducting part transports the atmospheric air to the alveoli, clears it from the foreign particles, humidifies and also brings the air to the body temperature. Exchange part is the site of actual diffusion of O2 and CO2 between the blood and the atmospheric air. The lungs are situated in the thoracic chamber which is automatically an airtight chamber anatomically an airtight chamber. The thoracic num chamber is formed dorsally by vertebral columns, ventrally by sternum laterally by ribs on the lower side by dome shaped diagram the anatomical setup of lungs and thorax is such a way that any change in the volume of the thoracic cavity will be reflected in the lung that is pulmonary cavity such an arrangement is essential for breathing and we cannot directly alter the pulmonary volume. Respiration involves following steps. Breathing of pulmonary ventilation by which atmospheric air is drawn in and CO2 rich alveolar air is released out. Diffusion of gases O2 and CO2 across alveolar membrane. Transport of gases by the blood diffusion of O2 and CO2 even between blood and tissue, utilization of O2 by the cells for catabolic reaction and resultant release of CO2. Cellular respiration as dealt in chapter 14. Now, mechanism of breathing. Breathing involves two stages. Okay, before that, a quick thing that Pressure is directly proportional to 1 by volume, that is, pr uh, uh, this pressure is inversely proportional to volume. Air always moves 
from high pressure to low pressure okay anything else here ah one more thing uh, quite pehle ka but sponges your uh, sealant retta uh, pollen retta uh, platform uh, ye hai simple diffusion sealant rattas and tinopora uh, simple diffusion then um, ah this uh, nasal passage the first uh, nasal chambers of the nasal passage this is ciliated pseudo striated stratified epithelium basically ciliated pseudo stratified epithelium and this cartilaginous flap epiglottis is a hyaline cartilage number of cartilage nine cartilages they have and jo uh, trachea hai wo c shaped hai hyaline cartilage now coming back to mechanism of breathing as i said earlier uh, this P directly proportional to uh, inversely proportional to V. Breathing involves two stages: inspi inspiration, during which atmospheric air is drawn in, and expiration, by which the alveolar air is released out. The movement of air into and out of the lungs is carried out by creating a pressure gradient. between the lungs and the atmosphere inspiration can occur if the pressure within the lungs intrapulmonary pressure is less than the atmospheric pressure that is there is a negative pressure in the lungs with respect to atmospheric pressure similarly expiration takes place when the intrapulmonary pressure is higher than the atmospheric pressure the diagram and a specified set of muscles external and internal intercostal between the ribs help in generation of such gradients inspiration is initiated by the contraction of diaphragm which increases the volume of thoracic chamber in the alveolar uh, anterior posterior axis the contraction of external intercostal muscles lift up the ribs and the sternum causing an increase in the volume of the thoracic chamber in the dorsal ventral axis the overall increase in the thoracic volume causes similar increase in pulmonary volume an increase in pulmonary volume decrease in the intrapulmonary pressure to less than the atmospheric pressure which forces the air from outside to move into the lungs that is inspiration relaxation of the diaphragm and the intercostal muscles returns the diaphragm and sternum to their normal positions and reduces thoracic volume and thereby the pulmonary volume this leads to an increase in the intrapulmonary pressure to slightly above the atmospheric pressure causing the expulsion of air from the lungs that is expiration which have the ability to increase the strength 
of inspiration and expression with the help of additional muscles in the abdomen. On an average, a healthy human breathes in 12 to 16 times per minute. The volume of air involved in breathing movements can be estimated by using a pyrometer, which clinically helps in assessment of pulmonary function. So basically, each uh, can be measured by a pyrometer. I don't know if it's important because it's not marked. I've not marked it already. I'm not sure about whether it is important or not. Anyways, it's better to study everything. You don't know what is wrong. Respiratory volumes and capacitors. Coming back to the question. Respiratory volumes and capacities. Tidal volume, TV. Volume of air inspired during a normal respiration. It is approximately 500 ml. That is a healthy man can inspire or expire approximately 6,000 to 7,000 ml of air per minute. Inspiratory reserve volume, IRV, additional volume of air, a person can inspire by a forceful inspiration. This averages 2,500 ml to 3,000 ml. Expiratory reserve volume, additional volume Affair, a person can expire by a forceful expiration. This averages from 1000 to 1100 ml. Residue volume is volume of air remaining in the lungs after a forcible expiration. The average is 1010 to 1200 ml. By adding up a few respiratory volumes described above, one derives various pulmonary capacities which can be used in clinical diagnosis. First, inspiratory capacity, total volume and air, uh, volume of air a person can inspire after normal expiration. This includes tidal volume and inspiratory reserve volume. Expiratory uh, capacity, the total number of uh, total volume of air a person can expire after normal inspiration. Tidal volume first, expiratory reserve volume. Functional functional residue capacity, FRC volume of what will remain in the lungs after a normal expiration. This includes ERV plus RV, that is, ERV is, just a minute, expiratory reserve volume in RV is reserve volume, residue volume. Vital capacity is the maximum volume of an air that a person can breathe in a forced expiration this includes ERV TV plus IRV or the maximum volume of a person can breathe out after a forced inspiration total lung capacity is the sum of all mentioned above that is vital capacity this residue capacity now uh, exchange of gases 
alveoli are the primary sites of exchange of gases exchange of gases also occur between blood and tissues o2 and co2 exchange in these sites by sites by simple diffusion mainly based on pressure concentration gradient solubility of the gas as well as the thickness of the membrane involved in diffusion are also some important factors that can affect the rate of diffusion pressure contributed by an individual gas in a mixture of gases is called partial pressure and is represented by po2 partial pressure p of oxygen o2 for oxygen and p co2 for carbon dioxide partial pressure of these two gases in the atmospheric air and the two sides of diffusion are given in table 17.1 and in figure 17.3 the data given in the table clearly indicates the concentration gradient of oxygen from alveoli to blood to blood tissues similarly a gradient present for carbon dioxide in the opposite direction that is from tissues to blood and blood alveoli as a solubility of carbon dioxide is 22-25 times higher than oxygen the amount of carbon dioxide that can diffuse through the diffusion membrane per unit difference in partial pressure is much higher compared to that of oxygen the diffusion membrane is made up of three major layers namely the thin squamous epithelium of alveoli the endothelium of alveolar capillaries and the basement sub substance in between them however its total thickness is much less than a millimeter therefore all the factors in the in our body are favorable for diffusion of o2 from alveoli to tissues and that co2 from tissues to alveoli just a minute let's study this table also uh, respiratory gas o2 atmospheric pressure atmospheric air 159 alveoli 104 blood deoxygenated blood 40 oxygenated blood 95 tissues 40 CO2, atmospheric air 0.3, alveoli 40, deoxygenated 45, oxygenated 40, and tissues 45. Now, transport of gases. Blood is a medium of transport of O2 and CO2. About 97% of O2 is transported by red blood cells in the blood. The remaining 3% of the oxygen is carried in a dissolved state through the plasma. Nearly 20 to 25% of carbon dioxide is transported by RBC, whereas 70% of it is carried out as bicarbonate. About 7% of CO2 is carried in a dissolved state through plasma. Okay. Now transport of oxygen. when we talk about it uh, hemoglobin is a red colored iron containing iron matlab sc2 plus state pigment present in the rbc o2 can bind with hemoglobin in a reversible manner to form oxyhemoglobin 
each hemoglobin molecule can carry a maximum of four molecules of O2 binding oxygen with hemoglobin is pri primarily four molecules of O2 partial pressure of CO2 hydrogen ion concentration and temperature are other factors which can interfere interfere with the binding a sigmoid curve is obtained when percentage saturation of hemoglobin with O2 is plotted against the PCO2 this curve is called the oxygen dissociation curve and is highly useful in studying the effects of the factor like uh, uh, partial pressure of carbon dioxide H plus concentration etc on binding O2 with hemoglobin in the alveoli where there is high PO2 uh, low PCO2 lesser H plus concentration and lower temperature the factors all favorable from for the formation of the oxyhemoglobin where there is in the tissue where low PO2 high PCO2 high H plus concentration and higher temperature exists the condition are favorable for dissociation of oxygen from the hemoglobin this clearly indicates that oxygen gets bound to hemoglobin in the lung surface and gets dissociated at the tissues Every 100 ml of oxygenated blood can deliver around 5 ml of O2 to the tissues under normal physiological conditions. Transport of carbon dioxide CO2 is carried by hemoglobin as carbinohemoglobin about 20 to 25%. This binding is related to partial pressure of carbon dioxide. PO2 is a major factor which could affect this binding. When PCO2 is high and PO2 is low as in the tissue, more binding of carbon dioxide occurs and PO2 is low as in the tissues. More binding of carbon dioxide occurs whereas when PCO2 is low and PO2 is high as in alveoli, dissociation of carbon dioxide with carbamino carbamino hemoglobin takes place that is co2 which is bound to hemoglobin from the tissue is delivered at the alveoli rbc contain a very high concentration of the enzymes carbonic anhydrase and aminate qualifies quantities of the same is present in the plasma too the enzyme facilitates the following reaction in both direction co2 plus o2 in presence of carbon carbonic anhydrase h2co3 in presence of carbonic anhydrase hco3 minus plus h plus at the tissue site where partial pressure of carbon dioxide is high due to catabolism CO2 diffuses into blood, RBCs and plasma and form HCO-3 and H+, at the alveolarized site where PCO2 is low, the reaction proceeds in the opposite direction leading to the formation of CO2 and H2. Thus, CO2 trapped as bicarbonate 
at the tissue level and transported to the alveoli is released out as carbon dioxide every 100 ml of deoxygenated blood delivers approximately 4 ml of carbon dioxide to the alveoli now regulation of respiration both neural and chemical regulation of respiration human beings have a significant ability to maintain uh, and moderate the respiratory rhythm to suit the demands of the body tissues it is done by the neural system a specialized center present in the medulla region of the brain and called respiratory rhythm center is primarily responsible for this regulation another center present in the pons region of the brain are called pneumotoxic pneumotaxic center can moderate the functions of the respiratory rhythm center neural signal from this center can reduce the duration of inspiration and thereby alter the respiratory rate a chemosensitive area is situated adjacent to the rhythm center which is highly sensitive to carbon dioxide and hydrogen ions increase in these substances can activate this center which in turn can signal the rhythm center to make necessary adjustment in respiratory process by which these substances can be eliminated receptors associated with aortic arc and carotid artery can also recognize rhythm center for remedial action the role of oxygen in the regulation of respiratory rhythm is quite insignificant disorder of respiratory system asthma is difficulty in breathing causing wheezing due to inflammation of bronchi and bronchioles it can also be allergic now emphysema is a chronic disorder in which alveolar wall was damaged due to which respiratory surface is decreased one of the major causes or is cigarette smoking so emphysema is because of mainly because of cigarette smoking occupational respiratory disorders in certain industries especially those involving grinding or stone breaking so much dust is produced that the defense mechanism of a body cannot fully cope with the situation long exposure can re- give rise to inflammation of uh, lungs leading inflammation basically leading to fibrosis that is proliferation of fibrous tissues and thus causing serious lung damage worker in such industry should wear protective mask thank you